For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, uh, welcome to the show, Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Eber, along with Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, Kartik, uh, a most unbelievable weekend in the Premier League. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. Uh, some some shock results. Another Manchester United defeat. Um, and uh, a really kind of a, a strange weekend all over Europe. I mean, Bayern scores seven against Spurs, uh, turns around and, and gets beat at home by Hoffenheim. Uh, just a, an absolute stunner. Um, Spurs, for their part, continued uh, their poor form, getting beat by Brighton, a team that had scored two goals in the last six Premier League matches. They lose 3-0. So uh, quite a weekend. And obviously, Derby Day Italia was a fun weekend of football. We're right in the middle of it. We're feeling great about the leagues around Europe. And then thud, Nick. What yep. is this week? It's a stupid, bloody, boring international break. I really, it's uh, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Craig at Picks and Parlays Radio, where I'm co-host, where I'm guest hosting the show for the next uh, month, a few months, while uh, their regular host is on maternity leave. And uh, he said, "Oh, we'll have you on on Thursday. You can give a Premier League preview." And I said, uh, "There is no Premier League this weekend." Because what? No Premier League. Those people break more than any other league I've known. And uh, he's quite right. It is very ridiculous how often this league breaks. Yep. It, it, it's awful. I mean, I, I'm really uh, looking forward to watching uh, the rest of uh, the German season after uh, the shock results all weekend and then Derby Day Italia, as I said, and then watching Barcelona and Sevilla. I'm thinking this is great, and Premier League is, uh, is topsy-turvy, and uh, we'll forget all about that because by the time these teams in all these leagues play again – uh, it'll be next year. It'll feel like next year. Yeah, it is. It is ridiculous. And you know, quite. I know they complain a lot about a winter break and wanting a winter break. You know, if they got rid of these ludicrous international breaks, they could probably compress three or four, or five weeks off the season and get themselves a nice winter break. All right, you're listening to Fistry Soccer, Nick Ebron, Carter Krishna. We're solving the problems of the footballing world on this very show. So you want to stay tuned because we've already solved the winter break problem. And we'll be solving a lot more when we come back. But I don't think there's any way anyone can solve the problems at Tottenham and Man United. All right. We'll be right back after this. All right. Welcome back. Nick and Kartik with you. No redemption. Uh, no redemption, Kartik. Uh, Manchester United are a steaming pile of poo. I, I don't know what else to say about this club right now. Uh, I know this week, Kartik, there's going to be a couple of days. In fact, 
you have a tough work schedule outside of the show the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try to get Phil Dobron on to, sh- to talk about Manchester United. Because quite honestly, the problems at Old Trafford go deep. And it's not helped any by the first match after the international break uh, hosting Liverpool. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but 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 it is, it, it is bloody awful at Man United. And you know, I actually, funnily enough, I have in front of me, Kartik, our prognostications from Friday. And I think it's great. We should just take a brief look here at these, okay? Brighton Tottenham. Now, you and I both felt that uh, this match was going to be a Tottenham win. I thought it was going to be 2-0. I felt there was going to be a big bounce back. I think you said you thought it was going to be 2-1 Tottenham win. Uh, And the bottom line is uh, they ended up getting tonked, didn't they? Uh, In a absolutely... Uh, shocking result to the point that I really don't know what to say. I mean, away losing 3-0 to Brighton, a team like Tottenham made the final of the Champions League last year, has world-class players in it. They've just given up, Kartik. They've given up really the moment they step on the pitch. And I know we were talking about the rumors between uh, Christian Eriksen and Jan Vertonghen about supposedly Vertonghen's been Vertonking Eriksen's wife. And, you know, we talked about the stuff that uh, Pochettino said. You know, whether or not the Vertonghen-Eriksen issue is true or not, it's it's largely uh, irrelevant. Uh, There are some serious, there's there's rot at that club that I'm not sure is soluble. I'm not sure what the solution is short of blowing the whole thing up, getting rid of the manager, getting rid of the players, and starting again. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And and like I said on Friday or Thursday, Friday, whenever we had this conversation, I think it was Friday in that preview, Yeah, uh, I think that they, their wage structure uh, is killing them. And there's just, just no way uh, at this point with this manager, he, he, he's probably run out of tricks for motivating the squad, which means then you're looking at bringing in another manager, but then there are elements of the squad that want to move on. So I think they're probably four years successively in the top four for a club like Tottenham Hotspur is remarkable. It is. Okay. Um, Newer Premier League fans may not realize this. Spurs, I don't think it ever finished higher than, uh, than, than, than seventh or eighth before Martin Yole got there in the Premier League era, right? They're a team that perennially won cup competitions yeah. uh, in the 1980s and the 1970s, but they, they never won, they were never in contention to win the league. So this is a pretty um, remarkable run they've been on, uh, but it seems like the gig is up, and you never know when to let go. Uh, Pochettino has had the opportunity to go to bigger clubs, including the one we've been talking about, Manchester United. He's had the opportunity, uh, we believe, to go to Real Madrid, we also know Bayern uh, were interested in him. Maybe they're not interested in him after they talked seven goals past him, uh, but they may still be because uh, uh, Kovac lost at the weekend to Hoffenheim, as I mentioned at the opening, a stunning loss at home. Uh, I think the next big job that comes up and he's in consideration for, Real Madrid, Bayern, Manchester United, um, he goes. I agree. Uh, I completely agree. So that was our prediction for Brighton Tottenham, and we were wrong. Uh, the world was wrong. Uh, that one we definitely completely blew. Now, the one we didn't blow, um, Kartik, is I talked you into going um, with Burnley away, uh, pardon me, home at Everton at Turf Moor. I said it was going to be 2-1. It ended up being 1-0. But either way, we both 
said we should take the Burn- Burnley over Everton, and Everton, another club in dire straits. And, you know, Marco Silva, I- I'm surprised he's still there. They're in the relegation zone right now, Kartik. They wanted Marco Silva so bad um, that they tampered with him at Everton. We know what happened there, right? And Everton did not um, did not uh, get the permission to talk to him. Watford uh, denied that. And then Watford ended up sacking him several right. months later. His availability meant Sam Allardyce got the sack yep. um, because they wanted to bring this guy in so badly. And I think he's being given a longer leash than I've really seen for a Premier League manager, given performance in a long time. Uh, they uh, they did have Seamus Coleman, I believe, sent off in this match, uh, which is unfortunate. But there's a discipline problem. They've been getting uh, uh, red cards. They've been getting guys uh, sent off in matches. They've had uh, bad breaks, uh, it seems. Uh, there's just a rot that's set in there. And I just cannot understand when a squad has spent as much money as they have, why they're struggling the way they are unless there's something wrong in the dressing room. And pl- and also, I think this, the sale, the one guy they could not sell was Idrissa Gaia, who they sold to PSG uh, under value. We talked about that yeah, in the yeah. summer. That that was uh, strange. They got $30 million for him, right? But, uh, you know, he's like, given the, the Everton's uh, position and the fact that PSG has money to buy anyone, they, sh- they should have gotten $50 million at a minimum or held on to him. Um, they have not replaced him. Uh, they do not have a holding midfielder in this team worth, worth uh, their salt. They did not buy an adequate replacement. So, um, yeah, they're they're a disaster. I I, uh, I guess they're going to finish in the bottom half at this rate, which is uh, well, in the starting bot- again with their squad. Yeah, in the bottom half, but but Kartik right now they're they're in the relegation zone. I mean, they've lost yeah, four yeah, games in a row. Well, no, but I mean, there were year- several years if you look back that uh, they had. Uh, David Moyes, the first few months would would have that team struggling. They'd be finishing, they'd be sitting 16th or 17th, and they'd always finish in the top half. Um, they're just they just have too much quality. Eventually, they'll they'll get they'll pick up enough points. They I don't think they're in a relegation fight, but I do think they might finish 12th or 13th, which with again with the money they've spent, that's not acceptable. Now, you know what? Nothing lower than seventh is acceptable for Everton. And really, when you consider how poor United is right now. And Spurs, this is the year Everton should have been fighting to finish in the top six. Right. Right. Uh, you know, funnily enough, speaking of David Moyes, I mean, boy, nine years at Everton, uh, leaves to take the dream job at United, and uh, it's been all downhill. Where was where, where did he go after United? So see dad, right? Then Sunderland. Yeah, he went to then, dad. Then a the year at West Ham. Then a year at West Ham, right? Yeah, yeah, like a half a year at West Ham, yeah. And then uh, Sunderland was a disaster. Um, he got Sunderland relegated. That that was uh, uh, awful. Yeah, it's been bad for him, and it's been bad for Everton and uh, United. I mean, Everton has never recovered um, their their position. Now, United, look, I I still make the case. Not that yet, not yet, not, be... not yet, not yet, not yet, yeah. not yet. not yet. Yeah, hold, hold, keep your powder dry right there. Okay, we're gonna right. get to United. Um, Liverpool, Leicester, we had, uh, Liverpool winning easily. They did not win easily. It was a tough match. And if you remember, Kartik, I told you on this one, I was hemming and hawing and I said, ah, you know, I'm trying to find any way to find a draw out of this match. Do you remember that? Yep. And, and it was so nearly a 1-1 draw. 
Uh, Liverpool come back though to win it uh, with it wasn't a lucky penalty or a, it was a, it was a fair penalty by the way. Um, right at the death of the game, uh, there was some handbags right after, but uh, Brendan Rodgers' uh, prodigal son returning to Liverpool that. Uh, reunion was uh, didn't go the way he would want it. Uh, Norwich Villa was the other one. We said that was going to be one-one. Uh, I don't think anybody <laughs> yeah. expected Villa to do what they did, though. No, I, I, and I'm happy to see both Wesley and Douglas Louise have big money signings this summer. Now beginning to click. Uh, Wesley has looked good to me. He just the finishing hasn't been there. But when I watch Villa, he he's a good hold-up player. He runs the channels well. Uh, has everything you want in a striker, and I thought, well, the goals will come eventually. Well, they came this week, right? He scored twice. He, he's, he's five goals. Least. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So, and Wesley was involved in three of those. So, um, yeah, they, this is what we expected to see from Villa because, again, Villa spent more money net spend than their net spend was higher than anyone in in, in the top flight in Correct. England, which meant we got to go to break. Uh, yeah, we'll pick this up on the other side. Let's do that. Let's pick it up on the other side. We're talking Aston Villa, Norwich. Uh, we'll continue with our review of how badly we did with our weekend's predictions. Uh, but then that's why we love the Premier League. You just don't know what you're going to get. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Uh, we've been going through our very poor Premier League prognostications for Friday. Look, we can't uh, hit him out of the park uh, every weekend, but uh, we certainly came nowhere near this last weekend. Norwich, Aston Villa. Look, I mean, as good as Villa were, 5-1. I mean, what's going on with Norwich? At some point, they've got to start thinking about doing something. Otherwise, they're going back down. Yeah, so, I, I mean, Daniel Farka had made the decision – uh, to keep his team intact, not sign anyone. Uh, they really started well, uh, even that Liverpool match, which they lost at Anfield on the opening. Uh, that was the opening day, right? That was Friday. Yes, um, it was. That first weekend. They looked good. They beat Manchester City. Uh, they've uh, took Chelsea to the brink. Uh, very unlucky not to get a point against Chelsea. Uh, but now against teams that sit deep, this is what we're finding about Norwich. Uh, teams that bunker – they're not able to break them down. They they need a team that's going to play football. And I think now that we've seen Norwich can't break down the bunker team and defensively are as bad as the bunker team, um, and they're not bunkering, right? So they're, they're yeah. open. Um, no one is going to play football against Norwich. Teams are just going to sit eight, nine men behind the ball, make them beat you, make uh, Cantwell or Pookie beat you from distance, and uh, they can't do that. So it's a very frustrating thing because Norwich has the big club problem, the problem that, that, that the, the Liverpools and the Arsenals and the Manchester Uniteds and Manchester Cities typically have against uh, teams at the bottom of the table. And they are a newly promoted team that did not sign a single uh, significant player this summer. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to – they might have to just rethink their tactics a bit. And well, I know Daniel Farker doesn't want to do that. He's a disciple of Jurgen Klopp's. He wants to play the same way Liverpool plays, but – uh, they don't have the they don't have the guys to do that. Well, they can play that way in the championship, but the one thing right. that the one thing it takes to be, uh, break down a bunker team is some really exceptional playmakers that are willing to find the seams and find the openings and feed the ball through, and uh, some really quality forwards that can uh, that can work in really tight spaces. And they just don't have that. 
let's be honest. I mean, they just don't have that. They're unlikely to get it. They're not going to spend big money in January. I think things look bleak for Norwich. I think they're going to likely go back down along with Watford. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but let's, yeah, let's move to the next match, which was Watford-Sheffield United. And Kartik, I had predicted in this match that Watford were going to get their first win on the season, bounce back, score a couple of goals, and get three points against Sheffield United. And, well, huh, no one scored anything. It was nil-nil. Yeah, and Sheffield United keep picking up points. I mean, this is, oh, they're on nine points now, I think. Yeah, nine. Um, yeah, and obviously their target is 40, but realistically, 36, 37 might keep them in the league. Um, they are doing the job, right? And these sorts of matches, grinding out nil-nil, it's very useful for them. Uh, Watford, on the other hand, need three points in this. And uh, uh, inability to score a goal, not a big deal. I guess Sebastian Prodel, I saw, was recalled. Um, uh, favorite of Kiki Sanchez-Flores is in his first uh, stint had not played a match in 17 months under Javi Gracia. So another thing with Watford is they have a ton of players. Pozo family buys and sells players. And uh, uh, Sanchez-Flores might just play a completely different team than Gracia played. Uh, That having been said, the results haven't been any different, have they? Uh, Now they have an international break to rethink it, and uh, they need something. Uh, They're they're in trouble. They're in big trouble, Kartik. Look, they have scored four goals on the season. I mean, wow. think about that. Think about that. They've conceded 20. They've scored four. They're minus 16. I mean, they have conceded more than two goals a game. And they're scoring less than half a goal a game. Yeah. I mean, these are problems that are not going to be solved, Kartik. This is an insoluble right. problem at Watford. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think they have had a problem in getting, uh, high-end strikers to come in. So they, they tried, uh, uh, forgot the name of the Italian striker. He didn't work out. Isaac success hasn't worked out. Andre Gray hasn't worked out. So they continue to be relying on Troy Deeney year after year as he gets older, gets more injury prone. And obviously he's had a, a, a bad injury this year. So, uh, I'm not surprised they're not scoring goals. Now, they have a lot of creative players, Roberto Pereira, uh, Will Hughes, etc., cetera, uh, who don't seem to be getting the job done either. And Decore is a guy that we thought uh, 12 months ago would be on PSG or Arsenal's shopping list or Chelsea's shopping list. You know, any, any pick a club, right? Well, uh, no, now, no one's on Chelsea's shopping list. Because, oh, no, sorry, right. Because they're, transfer yeah, yeah, they're yeah, banned from the, the shop. Big, <laughs> yeah, all the big clubs. And now uh, Decore, uh, to me, looks like a championship player out there. Funny yeah. how guys fade. I mean, and maybe it's circumstances. Maybe he'll come back uh, and, and play as well as he did last year. But uh, Decore, honestly, Nick, six to nine months ago, we were talking about this guy. Maybe he's the guy Unai Emery needs to sign. Maybe he's the guy Zidane needs to sign at Real Madrid. Now, no one's talking about the guy. He'll probably get dropped soon, actually, by Watford. Well, no one at Watford's getting anything done, so they should all be dropped, but they don't have anyone to replace <laughs> them with. All right, right horrible, right. horrible. Um, the other team that we thought was going to get a good result and, and push on from uh, what had been a uh, uh, rather decent run of form was West Ham United at home against Crystal Palace. I mean, I, I had this 2-1 West Ham at the London Stadium. I think you had uh, something similar to me, Kartik. Yeah, I did I not, I, I did not um, 
anticipate Crystal Palace uh, going to the London Stadium and getting all three points. Yeah, this was just very uh, West Hammy this game because they were, <laughs> yeah, they were really good for sixty minutes, and they were up one nil, and they had missed a bunch of chances. Uh, oh, sorry about that. That's uh, from the Nisa stream. That's on playing on my computer at the same time on my Cujo. Um, but no, they had looked really good, Nick. If you watch this match. And it was a dominant performance that was a 1-0 that felt like it should be 3-0, 4-0. But if you don't take your chances and put away a team, let them hang around away from home, especially in that stadium, because that London stadium negates the home home pitch advantage that West Ham used to have at the bowling ground. Um, yeah, you know, stuff happens. And uh, I, I can't explain how this happened. Having watched that match, having watched that ma- uh, 90 minutes of that match, but Palace got the win. Yes, they did. Uh, you know, the other match I wanted to talk about, well, we're going to go through all of them, is Arsenal at Bournemouth, or Bournemouth at Arsenal, because, you know, look, Arsenal have put together a uh, very nice little run. They've not lost in five games. Uh, the last They've only lost one match in the Premier League, actually, all season. They haven't looked very good at all this season. Let's be honest. Yeah. Some of these, some of these uh, losses, some of these draws should have been wins. Some of these draws have been where they've had a big lead and they've just essentially given up, stopped playing, and allowed teams to get back into it. So even though we can say, well, you know, Arsenal haven't lost in five games, uh, they should have won more than they have. They should be further up the table in terms of uh, different uh, getting points between Leicester and Chelsea and themselves. I'm not sold on Arsenal. I think they're squeaking by. I think they're just they're threading the needle with some results. Uh, they did get a win uh, hosting Bournemouth. I just mentioned that. Uh, their next match, though, is against uh, Sheffield United away. And, you know, the way Sheffield's playing, I don't know. Anything could happen. They may get three points. They may get one point. Who knows? But I'm still not sold on Arsenal. But they are reaping the benefits of complete turmoil in the, quote, big six in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I'm not sold on Arsenal either. I am uh, uh, very disappointed, though, in Bournemouth. Uh I mentioned you know, they don't have David Brooks right now. Ryan Fraser is not fit, uh, but uh, they still have King. They still have um, Callum Wilson. They've had it at Harry Wilson on loan from Liverpool. Uh, uh, the, uh, Billing is playing pretty well. The player they brought from Huddersfield. They're just not scoring goals and creating the chances they did last season. I mean, last season, uh, those two, Frazier and Wilson, uh, I think we talked about it. They set some sort of record, right, or were close to setting some sort of record for a duo uh, in the Premier League. I think certainly among teams outside the top six, uh, they combined for more goals maybe than anyone in the last game. Um, it's just not happening this year. Uh, but they're still okay on the table and, and uh, gave Arsenal all they could handle. I um, think the signing of Nicolas Pepe is not looking like a great signing right now. Agree. And Lacazette's injury ha- – yeah, and Lacazette's injury has really hurt Arsenal. Um, they, they're they not getting the kind of production out of the other attacking players that they normally do when Lacazette is there, uh, let alone Lacazette's production. So uh, I, I guess they'll be fine when he gets back and they'll finish in the top four. But until then, they're going to continue to struggle. You know, Kartik, everybody's talking about the sort of the du- the duopoly in the Premier League, but you know it really isn't a duopoly in the Premier League. I mean, Liverpool right now are running away with it in twenty four points. We're going to talk about that in the last segment here. But that, but 
there is four points between eighth place West Ham and second place Manchester City right now. I mean, it is very, very tight in the Premier League. Yeah, and uh, uh, we have uh, – we'll talk about this in re- reference to Liverpool in the next segment. Uh, uh, we have, uh, I think, uh, eight or nine teams within uh, three points at the top in Germany. Uh, we have a log jam in Spain that's kind of developing. Uh, uh, France, uh, PSG is ahead, but they're, they're, they're teams running them closer than what we see in the Premier League towards Liverpool. Liverpool are the best team in, in Europe or best team in the world right now in club football. Uh by a healthy distance, and they're an even uh, by an even healthier distance within England. So uh, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, and uh, you know, the top six is open because there's only one team that's locked down in there, and that's Liverpool. All right, we're going to pick it up on the other side of the break. There is a lot to talk about in the Premier League still, and of course, we'll make a quick trip around the rest of Europe. Let's talk Man City, Wolves. Let's talk Southampton, Chelsea, and of course, uh, the absolute dumpster fire of mediocrity let's talk uh, newcastle and manchester united all right we'll be right back after these messages all right welcome back Maybe that would explain some of the problems at spurs but i think it's too easy it's not sex and drugs and rock and roll well maybe it is i, I don't know got it the problems at Spurs. No, I don't know. Uh, it's one of these things I we're going to have to wait. Thing. We're going to have to wait a year or two for the true story to come out, and then we're going to say, "Oh my God, really?" One of those things, right? Yeah, I, I think we'll, it will be. We'll think it was really obvious once we know the, the truth. <laughs> yeah, we'll think, "Oh, why don't we know? Why don't we figure that out?" Maybe it's uh, salmonella poisoning from the sandwiches they have before the match. I don't know. All right. Um, we were talking about Arsenal Bournemouth. We're done with that, though. And we, we really did poorly, by the way, on our predictions. We both predicted an Arsenal win, by the way. So uh, that was okay. The next one, everybody and their brother got wrong. The only pe- person that didn't get this wrong was the guy that put $100 on Wolverhampton Wanderers at plus 3598 or whatever it was uh, to beat Manchester City. Uh, Kartik, you're a City fan. What, what, what on earth is going on with your club? They're in big trouble. Um... I'm not sure they finish in the top. Well, actually, they probably will finish in the top four because of how weak the Premier League is this season at the top outside of Liverpool. But uh, Laporte's injury is devastating for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still don't have a viable, uh, a really viable uh, left back, although Zinchenko has filled in there pretty well. Uh, but he's more of an attacking player. And then Cancelo uh, is just not panned out the way it was expected. And Danilo going the other way has looked pretty good for Juventus. So. Um, that player swap has wor- has worked out better for Juve than it did for Manchester City. I think also there's just a tiredness. I mean, the City squad has had a little bit of refreshing, right? right. Rodri is a new yep. signing, but it's way, generally how, the how, same core. How how happy are you with Rodri? I mean, he's there are times when when I look at Rodri and say, "Wow, you know, really like," and then there are times I look at Rodri and say, oh, "I was boneheaded." Yeah, you know, he played in a system at Atleti where um, they just sat very deep and were very defensive and very physical, Simeone's teams. Uh, At City, he has to play a little more football. So uh, he looks good shielding the back four, but going forward at times, uh, he just seems kind of awkward. Um, It's just a different system. And we've seen in, in speaking of Atleti, uh, they've having having trouble going from being that team that sat six, seven, eight guys behind the ball and would you know 
crunch your bones, right? Anytime you came, uh, you came into the area, hard tackles and all, to being a more attack-minded team. It's difficult uh, just for players that have been in that sort of system to change, and we're seeing that with his former team as well as with him going to a team that's more attack-minded. Uh, interestingly enough, I mean, the problem with City, I don't think it's up front. Look, they scored 27 goals on the season. Um, but I'll ask you this, Kartik. Uh, is, is age becoming a little factor with the City squad? Yeah, I, I think that there needed to be a refreshing for some time. Um, obviously, Fernandinho, David Silva, both uh, in their final years at the club, uh, yeah. 30, 35 and 33 or 34, about to be 34 respectively. And then you've got um, Aguero is at 30. You've got a lot of guys that have that have aged. Bernardo Silva, uh, a younger player, was, has not had a good year thus far. Sterling's always good. Uh, but he can't carry the team alone. Uh, De Bruyne's injury uh, is, is, is you know, cr- just consistently injury prone. Yeah, but that, so, that is one of the biggest problems right there, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I mean, between um, Laporta, and, uh, Laporta and De Bruyne being injured on and off is uh, disastrous. Yeah, I, I think De Bruyne, you could absorb the injury. I think Laporta being out is just, that's a killer. And and City are not going to get better until he's back. Um, because... You can't rely on John Stones. You can't rely on Otamendi. Uh, uh, losing Vincent Company and not buying a replacement was pretty, pretty stupid. Yeah, really, the there spine been a number has struggled. Of... The spine has struggled really since Vincent yeah. Company left, hasn't it? I mean, I always thought Man City had like the best spine in football, and I, I can't say that anymore. I yeah, mean, probably also, Liverpool do now. <laughs> yeah, obviously Yaya Toure. Also yeah, right. Of course, losing yeah. him is uh, uh, was it was a big blow. So. Um, yeah, they 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 don't have a whole whole lot of players, and there were um, there are teams with gluts of players uh, in in the, in their spine. Liverpool is one. You look at Liverpool's midfield, and the other team I would say is like that is Juventus. They, yes, uh, correct. I was yeah. in, in my office the other day trying to figure out Juventus is pl- playing now uh, under Sarri a four three three, right? Because yep. he loves that formation. We learned that with Chelsea also, and he tries to fit all these guys into this system. He won't bend on the system. Juventus has legitimately seven guys who can play in central midfield, but only three of yeah. them are going to get to play. Um, that's uh, that's the same dilemma with with Liverpool. I, I've said to people, "Hey, this is great. Ox is back. What what a boon this is for Liverpool and Liverpool fans like yourself." Nick say to me, well, when where's would Ox playing? play? Why yeah, would he play? He right, who, exactly. who's he, who are you going to take out of the team? And I struggle to, f- to answer that, honestly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that is the issue, isn't it? Uh, a absolutely shocking result. I, I don't think anybody in their right mind thought Wolves were going to win this. And, you know, I have to say, uh, Kartik, I thought Wolves deserved the win. I really did. Yeah. I mean, I thought they outplayed City for the. I won't say for large portions of the game because they didn't. <laughs> but I'd like to say that they outplayed they outplayed City when they needed to, and they finished, and City didn't. Yeah, and what I would also uh, add to that, uh, which I think is important, is that uh, Nuno Cerreto Santos has had a hard time balancing his squad because they're not right. very deep, and they've been in Europe. Uh, he made the decision to leave Matt Doherty, who to me, I know you're you're going to disagree with me. You're probably in Trent Alexander-Arnold's camp. He's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. But I, I think uh, Doherty is the best right back in England. Um, so he let, leaves uh, Doherty on the bench because he had played him in Europe and um, starts Traore um, at, at, at right back. And um, it's nil-nil, and they're defending well. He says, okay, I'm going to throw my best defensive player on. And pull the push the guy who was at right back yeah, forward, forward into right. midfield, 
and uh, Doherty locks it down because he is, in my opinion, again, the best right back in England. And uh, um, Ferrari gets both goals. I mean, you talk about in-game man management. That's a great example of why uh, management uh, during a match matters. I know there are people who'd say, oh, well, the matches are won and lost on the training ground, and who cares what happens during the match? Uh, This is an example of it being very, very different. Uh, well, that was well, a, that was a management move that won them uh, this match at the Etihad. Well, interestingly enough, Kartik. I mean, look up until uh, when was it? Up until the uh, oh, towards the latter part of last month, uh, we were talking about how shocking it was was that Wolves were in the relegation zone. They hadn't hadn't got a win at all all season in the Premier League, and you know things looked dire. And we knew they were in Europe, and and then all of a sudden, boom! They hit two wins in a row. They beat Watford at home, and then, shockingly, they beat City away. Uh, yeah, this yeah. team's not going to get relegated. They're going to give you a roller coaster ride. We did say last year they were one of the best of the rest in terms of uh, the teams in the Premier League, in terms of the top six, uh, down to the top eight or so, nine teams. Um, but we're seeing they do have quality. All right, let's go. Southampton-Chelsea. Uh, finally, Christian Pulisic gets a few minutes, gets an assist on a goal. Nice, Nice assist, I might add. Um, apparently he's very frustrated he's not playing, but as long as Chelsea keep getting the W's, and again, this was a good uh, 4-1 away thrashing of Southampton, uh, I don't see any changes. Interestingly enough, uh, Batshuayi and him have now combined uh, for six goals in their time together at Dortmund and and now at Chelsea, so they have a connection, uh, and they were both put on late. Yeah, uh, uh, speaking of Pulisic, of course, um, but uh, Pulisic is not going to play, is not going to start regularly because Mason Mount is really good. Willian is really good. Pedro is really good. And guess what? Um, Tammy Abraham is, is really lightning good. on bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, they're all really good. And I, I, this is why By the way, so is Christian so frustrates me. Because, so is Pulisic. But, I mean, he's got to fight but, for it. And he's got to be better than Yeah, them. but That's who do you pick out of that team? You I mean, don't. You the, don't. The, the, you don't. The, the point is... Pulisic is really good going forward. I say this, Nick, no one seems to want to listen to me. Well, actually, I shouldn't say no one seems to want to listen to me. I get like 60 likes on every tweet I say it, but then 40 people arguing with me. Um, Pulisic, I'm not disputing that he's a really good attacking player, great dribbler, good passer, uh, good finisher in the final third, but you cannot have the poor defensive work that he exhibits, the poor positioning sense he exhibits out, out of possession and expect to play constantly, unless you're messy. Okay, he's a really good attacking player, Pulisic. If Pulisic played ninety minutes yeah, in every right. match, I'm sure he'd be have ten goals and fifteen assists on the season and be one of the leaders in the league. But he's so such a liability defensively, which is why he fell out of the Dortmund team last season and has fallen out of the Chelsea team this year. Well, Kartik, I have to give you kudos on this one because I had this as a draw. You had this as a Chelsea win. It was an emphatic Chelsea win. Uh, you get the nod on this one. Uh, however, I don't think either of us, Kartik. Uh, anticipated uh, the result of uh, at St. James's Park between Newcastle and Manchester United. Uh, look, uh, we said Steve Bruce was likely to go out the door for Newcastle. We were claiming that he was uh, next on the sack race. They even gave the odds of Steve Bruce on the sack race, which was 14-1. Uh, uh, to 1. 
Uh, right now, I'm saying that probably doesn't look like a great bet as they win at home against Manchester United 1-0. Look, I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to get sacked either. I think this team, though, has really got problems with injuries. They've got five or six players that are injured. I think they only started five players from their regular rotation. They're not very good even when they play all their starters. They're A-tier first selection players. Um, they're really just terrible when they can only choose five of them. Yeah, and I should mention, since uh, there are, I guess, people who think maybe we like to beat up on American players because we say so many things about Pulisic, but... Um, DeAndre Yedlin. The, the, DeAndre Yedlin had a brilliant match. He, he fantastic. Wasn't he great yeah. to watch? This is the best game I've seen him play in years. Yeah. Now, I, I mentioned that to a couple of people last night at the Miami FC game. They're like, yeah, he was great. He was like an 8 or 9 out of 10. He was also playing against a championship squad. That's a bit unfair. But, uh, yeah, it was the best game I've seen Yedlin play, which is pretty exciting for the U.S. And uh, United, I, while not a championship-level squad, without Paul Pogba, they are at best a mid-table team, maybe worse than that. Um, and you see, you know, even I have been critical of Pogba, right? I've been pretty critical of him. And then you see when he's gone, how much he means to United. Oh, absolutely. They just, oh, he is they a have, quality. They have nothing. Fred is, he, Fred he, is terrible. Paul Pogba is their world-class player. Yeah. I mean, there's just no if. A, he, and he is a world-class player. He's just on a rubbish team uh, with no one around him. Uh, and this this fault is not only going to Solskjaer's. Um, I know there are a lot of Man United fans right now who are turning on the baby-faced assassin, who's not so baby anymore, I might add. Uh, but I think that's unfair. I mean, I think this this is a club in need of a whole new squad. Yeah, they need about eight guys. By the way, Solskjaer still does look kind of young for his age. He still does have a bit of a baby face. But yeah, they um, um, their whole central midfield outside of Pogba uh, is inadequate. Pereira... Fred, these guys aren't at the I level. Mean, when McTominay Ma may get there. I was saying, when McTominay's your most exciting you know, prospect, I think you got trouble. Yeah. Jesse Lingard is hurt, but he has not played well since Jose Mourinho was sacked. Uh, Rashford is hit or miss. Uh, I am not as convinced by Harry Maguire as I thought I was. No, neither am I. He uh, looked awful, and he missed that absolute center yeah. of a header. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes any, like, decent contact that's going in the back of the net. Yeah. And that was at the end of the first half. And I think Newcastle was teetering at that point. And then they thought, you know what? This this is here for the taking. Steve Bruce sends them out in the second half. They look really confident and, and uh, got the three points. And by the way, I think I mentioned this on Friday. Steve Bruce, generally, former Man United captain, doesn't compete well with United yeah, as correct. a manager. So yeah. this is a breakthrough for him also. Well, I mean, who'd have thought Man United would be in 12th position? Uh, look, unfortunately, this show is rolling to a quick end today, and there's so much to get to. Um, we still want to talk about Europe. I tell you what, when we come back after the break, Kartik, I'll give you a couple of minutes just uh, for some comments about what's happening in Europe. We're literally going to have a couple of minutes. And then next time we're on, we're going to do a bit more analysis of what's going on in the Premier League as we do have one of these ludicrous international breaks ahead of us. All right, you're listening yeah. to Fifth Street Soccer. I'm Nick Eber, he's Kartik Krishnaya, and we'll be right back after this. All right, you're back with us on Fifth Street Soccer. Just a couple of minutes left. We've been uh, taking a look around these shock results in the Premier League. I mean, we're both uh, Tottenham, Manchester United, Manchester City, by the way, terrible weekend for Manchester clubs. Uh, all lose, uh, shocking stuff. Uh, but there's been some other 
action around Europe, and uh, it's also pretty exciting. Some of the other leagues. Kartik, a couple minutes. Go for it. Yeah, uh, stunners in the Bundesliga. Dortmund dropped points again. Uh, late equalizer for Freiburg. Lucian Favre is on the brink right now. Uh, rumors of Jose Mourinho learning German uh, are pretty uh, prevalent. Now he could be in for the Dort- uh, for not only the Dortmund job but the the Bayern job uh, because uh, Kovac. I think he, he has a little more time because of that 7-2 against Spurs, but uh, loses at home to Hoffenheim. Just a stunner. Um, and uh, they uh, now uh, fall out of the top of the, uh, off the top of the table. And, and then you have Leipzig dropping points. Uh, another stunner. Uh, that, so the top three teams, the perceived top three in, in, in Germany, all drop points. And Wolfsburg and Gladbach both win and jump that top three. So right now, topsy-turvy in Germany. Big victory for um, for Juventus over Inter Milan. Uh, Conte versus Sarri. Uh, I thought maybe uh, Inter would get the job done at home, but they didn't in that derby. And then Barcelona win 4-0. Really important win for them against Sevilla, even though Sevilla dominated the first 30 minutes of that match. So exciting stuff. A lot to look forward to. Oh, sorry. Nothing to look forward to. It's an international break. <laughs> All right. It is indeed. And, of course, uh, we will be back on the air with you tomorrow 9 p.m eastern time by the way monday through friday 9 p.m eastern time this week you can find us right here on the sports byline broadcast network and sirius xm 211 hope you enjoyed the show find us on twitter at fifth street sports find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash fifth street sports talk sorry ray roscoe we'll get to your comment next time until next time have a great night cheers Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.